You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning, and this is Clarissa Alhintera, your host for uh, Lifelong Journey, a radio show uh, hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And this morning, um, on the line, on the YouTube, <laughs> I've got with me Cort- uh, Professor or Doctoral Student uh, P- Cortez Watson, Jr. We're going to be talking about uh, hip-hop, hip-hop culture. Uh, we're talking about Jesus. We're going to talk about you know how we're using hip-hop. Um, to kind of engage our young people in their journeys of faith. And um, I am beyond excited to have you on this morning, Cortez. How are you? I'm good. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, Shout out to the Archdiocese for uh, putting this all together. I think this is really dope. It really gives us a sense of, uh, you know, what the diocese is trying to uh, prioritize as we try to progress. So this is great, man. Shout out to the Archdiocese. (laughs) I love all those shouts out. I'm just super excited, A, because, you know, before, well, not even before, but, you know, I, you and I have had conversations, and I've dabbled in, in hip-hop and rap, and I, I've got a little bit out there, and so I think um, that's really what kind of drew me to want to invite you on the show, was like, wait, I like do hip-hop, I like words, I love Jesus, I love scripture, but there's actually a place for it. So tell us a little bit about you. Um, who are you? Uh, where are you from, and what, what hip hop firm? Let's 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 kick it off. Yep. So my name is Cortez Watson Jr. I am a a uh, doctoral student at Catholic institution, uh, Benedictine University. Um, I am also the founder and president of an educational consultancy called the Hip Hop Firm. Um, our full name, I know you see the acronym there, our full name is uh, the Hip Hop Foundationally Intentional Revolutionary Movement. And um, how I come to Catholicism and how I come through, come to, you know, Catholic evangelism is this unique connection that um, between hip hop culture and hip hop scholarship, but more importantly, hip hop's culture of resistance and celebration in a unique marriage with um, Catholic social teachings, uh, Catholic evangelism, and then also centralizing um, not just scripture broadly, but really the the Beatitudes um, and looking at certain paradigms and certain intersections between the description within that chapter of the Beatitudes and then some of the 
language and descriptions that um, rappers and hip hop artists are trying to convey to a particular audience. And then working with young people to show dynamics and dichotomy and discourse, but most importantly, how these things really are adjacent and aligned and intersected. That's so, yeah, no, that's amazing that just the different parallels in the way you've been able to illustrate, you know, what what that is and how is it, I mean, has hip hop always been a part of who you are, a part of your life and maybe even, you know, like how you just see the world? Don't Man, laugh, answer I'm, the question. <laughs> I, I'm, no, I'm laughing because it's a great question. I'm not laughing at you, my girl. It's all right. No, I'm, I'm, it's just, it's such a, it's a great question and I, I'm going to answer it simply. But on a deeper level, I, I'm going to be transparent and say, um, you're asking me a complex question, but for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to answer it simply because, yeah, like hip hop is this, we all have identity and our identities aren't one way. Um, I'm a born again Christian. I'm a Catholic. I'm a critical race theorist, um, youth development advocate, you know, street gang interventionist. Like, we, you know, we live across these spectrums. And so you're asking the question, and I'm thinking about how I came to hip hop, you know, being, uh, I think it was right around 13. Uh, I, you know, I got his shirt on, you know, I, you know, I was 13. So, you know, Biggie was real, real hot. And um, that song, Juicy, you know, starts out, it was all a dream. I mean, that was so cool. <laughs> Just the way he put it all together. And Biggie was, I mean, I'm 40 now. So if Biggie, may he rest in peace. You know, he would be 50 or 51, you know, so like if I was 13, Biggie, you know, he was 23. I mean, he, you know, he was still a young man, you know, when he was spinning that rhyme. But I was hearing that in uh, media at the same time while I lived in a household, uh, impoverished household, born again Christian household, conservative Christian household. And we went to church two to three days a week plus Sunday. So finding it and being impressed by him and being impressed by it also took some, um, some, um, um, I don't know, it's like some gerrymandering of time and space because I couldn't play it in the house, <laughs> and I and no one knew anything about the culture in my crib. We you know we knew about. Jeremiah, we knew about Moses, we knew about King David, we knew about Jesus Christ, we knew about St. Paul. So it didn't really, you know, it didn't go together. Now here I am at 40, and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, my spatial reasoning says these things absolutely go together. But back then, to your question, those things did not go together. And you know, I was being grown to be a pastor at that time in my life by my church and by my community. Yeah. That's yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. I mean, for you, like why, you know, I came to you um, like Father Larry Dowling, who's a pastor at St. Agatha, kind of mentioned the work that you were doing. Shout out young... to Father Larry. Oh, that dude's dope. Shout out indeed. So he he you know, I was getting to know him and he's like, oh, you know, I'm working with this fantastic guy. He's you know, he's trying to write curriculum around hip hop and, you know, young people and engaging them about their faith. And so. Let's talk a little bit about like why why do you think that's important and especially why do you think that's important if you aren't a young person don't like hip hop like why <laughs> why would someone who you know might look at this and be like oh that's only for young people like what makes this important for us 
Yeah. So um, this connects to what I was saying earlier about the be attitude. So I'm going to answer this question three ways. First, I'm going to start with scripture. And um, people can interpret the Bible however they so please. I know that that's really controversial to say. I know that's really provocative to some. But the reality is um, it is subjective and it is interpretive. And Well, first you got to read it and then you have to philosophically and emotionally invest in it. So that's where it starts. But in reading the Beatitudes, I mean, it, it frames meek people. It frames the meek in, in very specific and particular ways. And a lot of young people, especially young African-American, young, young African-American people fall in, fall in those spaces categorically. Um, when it starts talking about uh, being fatherless, when it starts talking about um, the social ills of a society. I mean, our young people are falling in these spaces when it starts talking about poverty, um, the, the spiritually bankrupt and the, and the spiritually dead. Many of our young people categorically fall in those spaces. And then, on, so that's that's scriptural, right? And then I think it was the, the great Russell Simmons, you know, shout out to Russell. Um, he's an old man now, but he had the vision for uh, Def Jam Records. And he was courageous enough in his early 30s to look at the record industry and say, we're not going to produce hit records. We're going to take these Black men um, and the Beastie Boys, because they were white. <laughs> we're going to take these Black men from New York and from urban America and the Beastie Boys, who are also from New York. And we're not going to extract records from their souls. We're going to keep their souls intact and promote them as stars. So shifting the power paradigm, the industry having the power, he's like, nah, the artist should have the power. And that's a fact. And Russell talks, he talks about that in very provocative ways. One thing that Russell Simmons says to answer your question, he said before NWA nationally said, F the police, we didn't even have an open dialogue between the realities of law enforcement beating up black children, not all children in urban America, you know, beating up black children. Tupac, who was a troubled man and a prophet, he was both. I mean, Tupac got whooped three times by LAPD. And there was no, as Russell Simmons says, there was no conversation around that. And I mean, maybe in 2022, there are still people who think it's okay that young people whoop on each other and that law enforcement whoop on young people. But I say that that's not okay. I think we need to ask them to think critically about how they engage with one another. And I think we need to ask people with power over them, like Catholic teachers and police officers and Catholic priests and parents, especially the parents, Eminem said, wherever the parents at, we need to ask people with power over young people how are you showing up to your engagement with these young people? Are you showing up existentially or literally with epistemic violence or literal violence? Or are you showing up in other ways? Like the way, again, shout out to Father Larry. He tries to show up to young people in North Lawndale, devoid of that epistemic violence. And, he, and from my perspective, he seems to get results. So that's the other way I'll answer that question too, is really looking at how Russell Simmons back in the late 80s thought about this. And I, I don't remember a rap artist coming from Def Jam Records, Clarissa, 
disgruntled. Like there was, you know, there's never contract disputes between Def Jam Records and, you know, LL Cool J or the Beastie Boys because they really thought about the person and how the, and who the person, well, who the young person was versus the industry. And this is a business. This is a commodity. Yeah. Wow. No, thank you for that. We are actually going to get ready to head to a break. And then uh, when we come out, you, uh, we'll play some YouTube video and then come back out to the show so our listeners can get a, a sense of what we're talking about. For sure. Catholic Charities Refugee Resettlement Program has been especially busy this year, assisting individuals and families who have fled dangerous situations in their homeland, including Afghanistan and the Ukraine. The Refugee Resettlement Team helps with everything they need to start to rebuild their lives in a new country, including housing, employment, clothing, food, English classes, and referrals for legal and immigration services. The refugees are tremendously grateful for the compassion and practical help they're receiving, and they're giving back and helping each other plan for a brighter, safer future. Volunteer opportunities are currently available for those who would like to be family mentors and tutors so children and adults can practice English. To learn more about these rewarding opportunities, call 312-655-7096. That's 312-655-7096. People always say, how can you spend your day with three-year-olds? Seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow, this is a very rewarding job even though at the end of the day, we're not the highest paid people on earth. And when I have a parent contact me and say, my child loves school, that to me, I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning. Because really you are changing lives, you are molding lives. Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach, apply today at artchicago.org slash school jobs. Catholic Charities has had the privilege of helping people in need in Cook and Lake County for more than 100 years. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our frontline workers who, despite the unprecedented challenges of the past two years, continue to excel at their jobs every day. From the warehouse staff members who pack boxes of nutritious foods for low-income seniors, to the dedicated WIC employees who have remained open for families with children under the age of five, to our volunteers and restaurant partners who ensure that meals are available for those experiencing hunger, to our service coordinators and our professional counselors who continue their vital work in innovative ways, to our food pantry staff and to all those who work at Catholic Charities Call Center, 
finding solutions for every person who reaches out to us for help. Charity is at the heart of all you do, and we salute you. Restorative justice. <laughs> Restorative justice is something that I was introduced to um, about a decade and a half ago on my travels in South Africa. And you know, fast forward to now, it's been a remarkable journey. Here we are in historic St. Agatha Church in North Lawndale, participating in our restorative justice hub event. It was a cool day, but it was really a, a warm feeling. When I say warm, just the visuals of it, watching those all be hot dogs and hamburgers hit the grill, steam up, the anticipation, and, and waiting just to get a bite, and that feeling of togetherness and family that we were going through while standing outside of St. Agatha. Again, it was just a warm feeling, and it, it was almost like extended family. Sort of justice practice, or more importantly, the peace circles are a symbol of Ubuntu and all of us being connected. And our partnerships as a restorative justice hub with community organizations, the Cook County Restorative Court, Chicago Police Department, is really symbolic of all of us as North Lawndaleans and those who are concerned about North Lawndale coming together in a circle for one common goal, and that's peace within the North Lawndale community. From different backgrounds, different ethnicities, but with the same heart and with the same passion, not just for North Lawndale, but to see restorative justice move from a theoretical idea to commonplace and common practice in the North Lawndale community. 22 districts now have a youth district advisory committee where the youth voices listen to where they have a say so and what safety looks like in their community and what their needs are well, we can bridge that gap between the police and the youth and have those hard conversations we've done about five or six circles throughout the community and uh, we're going to continue to do it uh, i'm very happy to be here I was born and raised in north Lawndale, grew up in this beautiful church right across the street so i'm back at home Restorative justice is giving both the community and the individual that committed the wrongdoing a chance to make things back to normal. In other words, the person who committed the crime has a chance to restore his or her place in the community, and the community has a chance to restore itself by inviting that person back into the community. It's to have chance, a chance to, to change their life. Uh, and succeed it. Don't perform. We breathe what? Hey. All day. Every day. All day. Every day. Breathe in life, live in right, and truth is all that we speak. Breathe in life, live in right, and truth is all that we speak. We just really don't want to be another shorty victim to these streets. And the truth is, we're about to tell you, you, and you some facts about being black. What about being black? What about being black?
make up a plan for. Take a stand for one another. As we replace the killing and the stealing with healing and positive feelings for one another. What happened to the love for one another? What happened to the love for one another? We should all just love one another. We should all just love one another. I and the tones of the drug line to our spoken word artists breathing life into us with every phrase and with every dynamic and with every movement. It really just brought everything together in a circle or in a holistic way. And it brought us together in a peaceful way. Wow. <laughs> Cortez. That was beautiful. That was absolutely stunning. Um, I, you can't see everyone on YouTube, but I've got tears in my eyes. Those kids, that drumline, just even like the the power of community. I mean, that's that's powerful. Yeah, and I and for the hip hop firm, we played a, a critical and participatory role in that event. But that was a community event. I mean, um, I. There were so many different organizations that came together, including the Catholic Church and including CPD. I mean, there were so many different organizations. I want to make sure that I make that clear that uh, uh, the reality of innovation and the reality of, as Father Larry says, mutual empowerment, or as Bell Hooks would say, uh, mutual vulnerability, mm. um, these things are timeless but we still live in spaces where people put um, beliefs and values over human beings. And that's a tough conversation that us Catholics need to have. Yeah. Um, we've got about five minutes, but when, how long ago was that event? And when you talk about, I mean, that line, so two questions. One, how long was that event? And um, how important was it for like, are our people of faith, right? So I'm, I'm just talking in terms of the Catholic church perspective. When you talk about all of those pieces, that holistic set, like how, how important is it for our young people to see that we can do this together as a community? Like it's not just us, it's not just one entity, but it's, you know, the wholeness. Yeah, so that, that event uh, came about in North Lawndale uh, a little over two years ago. And then the second part to your question is, um, it's important that we leave broader definitions for them. We, we as 40, 50, 60, 70 year olds, make it clear to young people that as Catholics, that it's okay to broaden your understanding and broaden your definition of you're not evil and you're not wrong. If you have a subjective and innovative and broad interpretation of a Catholic value, it probably isn't great or healthy to abandon the Catholic value but you don't have to understand it the way your grandmother understood it. It's okay to broaden it. And I'm comfortable having that debate with anybody. Say, no, you can't broaden it. I'm like, all right, well, let's have the conversation. But last, you're not Jesus and you're definitely not the Pope. So I'm not talking to those two people. So let's all agree that all of us can participate in Catholicism 
And it can be, Clarissa can conceptualize it different from me. The real goal, I think, should be is to make sure that our young people know that Clarissa and Cortez are saying, well, come participate. You don't got to agree with us, but to just abandon the Catholic teaching, that can be problematic. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate your, you know, the way you kind of explained and and widened the view. I'm, I'm actually... Um, it's wonderful to have this conversation because a lot of what our office does, like, so in the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation, you know, we do family faith formation and we do stuff with young people. We do stuff with middle schoolers. You know, teenagers are, are, are big. We've got, a, you know, people who do youth ministry. And I think it's wonderful to kind of um, talk a little bit about, you know, like that expansion of like, what is it? How do we include uh, intentionally and not exclude for the sake of exclusion? Um but let's actually, we're going to take another quick break, and then we'll come back. We'll do a little bit more. Maybe there's video. Maybe there's conversation. Maybe there's hip-hop. Maybe there's spoken word. I don't know. We'll see. Catholic Charities offers a wide variety of volunteer opportunities to those who want to share their time and help us serve people in need. Whether it's stocking the shelves of our food pantries, helping refugees learn the English language, tutoring school-aged children, becoming a mentor to young adults, sorting clothes in our clothing rooms, serving hot meals to those who are facing homelessness, or delivering meals and making cards to lift the spirits of our homebound seniors, we are deeply grateful to all those who want to join in our mission of mercy. Volunteer opportunities are updated weekly for people of all ages at ccofchicagovolunteer.com or just call us at 312-655-7053. That's 312-655-7053. Thank you for helping us follow Jesus' call to serve our neighbors in need. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. 
Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Chicago police investigating dozens of shootings across the city. Several kids injured by the gunfire. Two kids, a 12 and 13 year old, among those wounded by the gunfire in Washington Park. A six year old girl and her mom shot in West Pullman. Overwhelmingly, the victims are young black men in their late teens and early 20s. Since 2003, more Americans have died in Chicago than in Iraq. People getting killed left and right. It's sad. I got shot twice now. I could have been gone, but I'm still here, so that's God, I know that that's with me, so this hell on earth. So why do you need guns with that much firepower? Protection. It's dangerous out here. Nine times out of ten, the innocent ones getting hurt, you know what I'm saying? In the 1870s, there were African-American people in every ward of the city and most of the suburbs. Blacks living in many suburbs were being pushed out by segregated hospitals and schools and racist Jim Crow era practices like sundown rules, which suggests that blacks and other people of color not only shouldn't be living in all white neighborhoods, but that being there after dark, even for business, could result in harassment or violence. Redlining refers to a process by which banks and other financial institutions mark off certain neighborhoods and refuse to make loans there. And it's called redlining because of the idea that they would put red lines on a map around certain neighborhoods and say, in this area, we do not loan. And those areas were areas that were either minority, African-American, or some kind of um, mix. The term is about a lot more than a picket fence and its reputation. Whether you see it as bad or good, it comes from right here in Chicago. The impact of what the word would go on to mean politically, financially, and socially was decided much closer to home.
All right. Well, thank you so much for that video. That was extremely powerful. Um, just the images, you know, words like redlining, um, guns, gun violence. I mean, all those, all those things impact Chicagoans, not even just people in the city, but p people probably within our archdiocese who, you know, who just know of, of what Chicago, <laughs> of what it's like to live in, in the Chicago. For sure. And I, and I apologize. Um, uh, thank you to the engineer for starting at the, at the beginning. That's an 18 minute video and it probably would have been more helpful for me to say, yeah. So, um, as you heard, it talked about gun violence affecting 12 and 13 year old boys Two 12 year old boys from North Lawndale are the first rites of passage graduates of our, of our, they were the graduates of the inaugural Rights of Passage graduation held at St. Agatha in March. Um, so yeah, that the entire video really gave them an opportunity to tell their stories, being from North Lawndale and saying, yeah, so here is why we are doing this Catholic-funded, Afrocentric, hip-hop-based mentorship and Rights of Passage program. And I'm, and I'm sorry, I should have like, you know, set that up a little better. Uh, the intro was, fan you're right, the imagery within the intro is fantastic, but I really want to make, you know, shout out to Donald and Patrick because um, as members of St. Agatha, they could have done anything with their time and they and they chose to engage for six to nine months in hip-hop-based mentorship and in an Afrocentric spirituality rites of passage process. So, yeah, and um, at some point, absolutely, you know, Maybe I can come back and we can have Donald and Patrick come back and tell the stories about, you know, what that was like for them, for sure. Yeah. So in this work, one of the since this is a, one of the questions I love to ask the guests who come on is like, you know, when you think about your own um, your own spiritual life and scripture passages and stuff like that, what what's the scripture passage or passage? Maybe you've got one or two that you feel really guide you, especially when you're working with young people in this in this way. Yeah, so there are a few that come to mind. The first one for, for me, um, and I, so anyone listening to this, you know, it's cool if people want to interpret the Bible on their own terms, and that's cool. So I'm only speaking for the, the if I'm, a, if I'm, if Cortez Watson Jr. is a blood cell <laughs> in the body of Christ, I'm just speaking for the one blood cell, but my own interpretation of be not conformed to this world yet be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind and um, just understanding that the socio-political conditions that have persisted, whether in democratic form, which is diverse, or Republican form, which is divorce, you know, I as an individual don't necessarily have to engage in either of those, but I can always through my Christianity, but more specifically through my Catholic faith, I can continue to be renewed through my own transformation every single day when I wake up and I engage. I know you you saw me show up with like this big stack of like books and that's a big part of my own, not just because I'm a college professor and a PhD student, but forget that. It's that's the renew. like I'm really trying to engage. I'm trying to read what St. Vincent said, but then I'm also trying to engage in the complexities of what Tupac said, you know what I mean? And then the complexities of what Minister Farrakhan is saying, you know, all three different people, but all interested in social justice. Yeah. 
So is there a, a story that you have um, where you encountered Christ, where you walked with Jesus, whether it was working with, you know, one-on-one with teens or, the, you know, the teens as a group or, you know, even in, in your time, I don't know, out in the community? Um, my goodness. One story, I mean, Cortez. Yeah, there are so many. The one that happened most recently this week, um, the, uh, the hip-hop firm, not only has a partnership with St. Agatha, but we also have a really unique partnership with the Northwestern Prison Project. And so through the Northwestern Prison Project, the hip hop firm, I teach intercultural studies to a college course in the Cook County Jail. And um, I've been teaching it now for about nine months. And one of the brothers, uh, he kept saying, Professor Watson, you know, I'm gonna beat this case. And when I get out, I'm gonna call you. And I believed him, but I don't, you know, I don't know, right? And I just got that call on Tuesday. And I didn't know the number. He was just like, hey, um, I'm in Roseland, but can I come meet you at St. Agatha? Um, you know, I just want to come see what y'all doing over there. I, um, I'm going to come to church on Sunday. You know, he's, and that, honestly, Carissa, I was like, my God. I mean, I couldn't even talk. I'm crying. I'm like, man, this dude is free. And he's serious and he's yeah. serious and I'm serious. Yeah. And we don't have to be worried about other people's Christianity, Catholicism, or Catholic evangelism. We just worried about each other. But he's free now. And he's making that call to me and asking me, yeah. So you told me, you know, the father Dowley dude, you know, what's going on with all that? Can I get involved? I'm like, well, the easy answer is yes. But I mean, the, the bigger question becomes, you know, how does the hip hop firm engage more deeply and intentionally with not just St. Agatha, but other other Catholic churches so that we can grow this because this dude is not isolated, right? Like there are other people with criminal backgrounds um, who who want to engage and they, they need Clarissa and Cortez to figure out how to welcome them and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Like they need us to be thinking because they got enough, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just incarceration alone, that's enough according to the Beatitudes, for us to be not saying, well, let's put it on him now. No, nah, he was just incarcerated. How about we take it on? And we, you know, we we do more and figure out how to welcome him in. And shout out to Kobe House, too. I think Kobe House, whenever I go to the jail and teach through the Northwestern, they're right there. They're like, hey, hit my firm. I'm like, hello, Kobe House, you know. So they're doing a lot of that work. I'm doing the academic stuff, but I think they're trying to do a lot of spirituality stuff. But people people of color come out and that just happened this week to your question but i also want to put it out there to say i want to encourage all of us to be thinking about how we can deepen this work and find money to deepen this work so that you know people can engage do you get calls like that from time to time people who are like hey i heard about you i heard about your work yeah the men who are in my class so men who are taking my specific course at the county jail and I give them my number because that makes, I mean, Catholic social teaching suggests that makes sense. Now, yeah. someone else from a criminality standpoint might say, oh, safety, but I'm not worried about safety. I'm worried about Jesus Christ as I understand it. So I'm, I'm giving my number out to the brothers all the time. But um, yeah, to get that call, you hope for it. But then to get it, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, yes. Now I need to holler at Father Larry. I need to holler at Chewy. I need to holler at Clarissa. Like, hey, y'all, this dude is out. Let's, what can we do? You know? Because the hip-hop firm, absolutely. I don't have the reason. I mean, I'm just a little 
little PhD student. I don't have the resources to help him get deeply connected, but I know that as a collective, we can figure it out. Yeah. No, that's that's extremely powerful. I mean, I'm very familiar with Kobe House came on a couple years ago. Um, I've also had guests from uh, Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation come yeah. on and talk about some of the work they've been doing, especially I was inter- very interested in, in the work of the women in the, in their community. But I still, I, you know, I mean, I, in the video we saw previous, like just the idea of restorative justice, right, in terms of like what that looks like in this context and how, how deeply embedded, not only is it in the work, but it's also like how we, how can we, how we can accompany others. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I think you're, I, I hear a question in your thought, you know, and I, the question that I hear is how, you know, how can we do it? Um, I, I sent you guys some, 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 uh, a, a slide deck and I don't know if our engineer can, there's one slide in there where my PhD research had been addicting, like I'm trying to frame a method. There's a slide that says methodology and epistemology. And I think, um, I think, you know, that I think that's the answer. And what I'm saying here is uh, we really need to conceptualize love. You know, there's this, this scripture that talks about, oh, love is patient, love is kind, love is long. I mean, so those are words on a piece of paper. And some people believe that it's nothing. Some people believe that those words are from God and defined by God. Oh, yep, the hip hop from our Radical Love Institute. Uh, I'm not sure which, which slide it's on. I know this is a large slide deck. But um, anyway, long story short, I don't. I think the answer is love, and I don't think that's cliche to say. And I really, I'm thinking about the work of uh, Paulo Freire, the work of Bell Hooks. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really need to go deep and really push ourselves on that scripture. That scripture that talks about, you know, chocolate chip cookies have ingredients, but you can't make it without chocolate chips. I mean, love has ingredients, and the first one is what patience. So we as a system need to think about, you know, liberation as our patients and really being clear about that. So liberatory opportunities for voice and empowerment, that's the way I frame it in my research and being really clear about that patience, Clarissa, and knowing that when people are trying to be, as it says, be transformed, when people are trying to transform I mean, being with them in that tumultuous process and when they stumble and fall within their own efforts, us who are not stumbling at the current state of affairs, being explicitly and existentially and empathetically patient. You know, love is patient, love is kind, love is long suffering. And then what does it look like for us to burn through resources? No one wants to say that for the sake of being patient in perpetuity. Yeah. Everything's always, well, we have to protect money. We have to protect resources. I'm like, all right, well, we can, we can do that. But I think the Bible also talks about burying resources and then digging them back up. And that, and so we can have a whole bunch of scriptural conversations. Um, Nelson Mandela said in South Africa, and I'll be quiet. Um, we will reconcile our tumultuous racist past and money will be no object. Yeah. And and we don't live in a country that thinks like, oh, well, we, we will fix misogyny and we will just fix it and we'll burn through all the money to fix misogyny. You're like, wait, we can't burn through the resources. 
And then the Bible clearly says, don't bury resources, use them for the benefit of the people. But what is our, what is our cultural practice? Sustainability. We have to, we have to do it in a way that doesn't burn through the resources. All right. So when you ask, well, how do we, I think that's a complex question, but I, and I also think that we know the answer and we're just not comfortable doing things differently because the way we do it is bury the resources and then we can have a different conversation. Well, let's go ahead and take a quick break. I'm getting the signal and then we'll come back. Yep. are hiring. Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago is looking for mission-driven individuals who want to help make a positive difference in the lives of people in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Be part of a diverse, talented team of professionals in the largest human services organization in the Midwest. We are dedicated to helping people chart a more stable, happier future for themselves, and we accompany anyone in need, regardless of faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. Competitive salaries and generous benefits add to the satisfaction you'll have every day knowing that you're helping us amplify our impact in Chicago. To see our list of employment opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net. My name is Father Sergio Rivas and I am the coordinator of the Consejo Hispano of the Archdiocese of Chicago. I am pleased to announce the celebration of our 21st annual Noche de Gala, an event that celebrates the very best of the Hispanic ministry in the Archdiocese. The gala will be held on Friday, September 30th, 2022. During our celebration, we will take a moment to recognize and honor Bishop John Manns for his many years of service to the Latino Catholic community. I encourage you to visit our website at consejo.archchicago.org for more information. We hope to see you there. Please save the day. At Catholic Charities, we want to remind you that we are here for anyone who is a victim of domestic violence or anyone who has a concern about someone they think may be a victim. Domestic violence affects millions of people each year, both women and men, of every race, religion, culture, and economic status. It includes physical, psychological, and emotional abuse, inflicted in both subtle and overt ways. The impact on children can be devastating. If you or someone you know are victims of domestic violence and you are looking for a place for healing and recovery, call us at 773 935 
2-224-3434 in Cook County and 224-430-4977 in Lake County. A safer, happier tomorrow can begin today. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Clarissa Alhantar, and I'm uh, with Cortez Watson, Jr., a doctoral student at Benedictine University. We've been talking about the hip-hop firm. Uh, we've also been talking about engaging young people with hip-hop kind of as they encounter Christ. Uh, and so one of the things um, you talked about at uh, probably the top of the show is like, you know, what does this work like and kind of and growing it out, right? And so one of the questions I often like to ask guests is, so how would people get involved? How do they, you know, how, how would someone at a parish, you know, not in the city of Chicago say, yeah, I want to learn more or, you know. Yeah. So uh, there are two easy ways to answer that question. One is, um, the hip hop firm, we have three types of curricula based services we offer. One is what we call our Radical Love Institute. And uh, we'll be running our Radical Love Institute at Dominican um, as well as Benedictine, but we're hoping to run the Institute at some Catholic churches um, in the city as well as in the suburbs. So, um, you know, check our website out, shoot me an email, and um, let's have a conversation about bringing our Radical Love Institute to those spaces. And as a doctoral student, um, also, I'm also looking for unique ways in our hip-hop-based research laboratory to build new constructs and build new paradigms that, you know, at the intersections of, of um, Catholic spirituality and faith, hip hop culture, and um, youth development in its many forms. Youth development for Latinx young people, black youth development, positive youth development. So if people are interested in that way as well. So bringing us to a parish, yes. Um, we are a for-profit educational consultancy with a social justice mission. But then also if people really, especially for those who are lifelong academics and Catholics and want to play a participatory role in how we conceptualize the work that way too. Like, yes, come on, let's build, let's collaborate. Yeah. So it was a radical love Institute, uh, since it's, it's going to be at Dominican young people like college age, young adults. Teenagers. So we're, we're running it for faculty and administrators this go around. And then there's a second conversation for the spring where we're also going to try to run it again, but then run the Institute in partnership with um, students. So then bringing the young people who I work with and community justice involved and um, gang tribe involved, and then bringing them to other young people who are on college campuses and may or may not be justice involved, gang involved as well. So, yeah. 
And then the thing, uh, how I stumbled on onto your work was, uh, you know, through the curriculum that you were uh, doing at uh, St. Agatha. And it sounds like you do have a mentoring program there. Um, yeah, we run the Furious Kinship. We run our Furious Kinship program at St. Agatha. Um, we're trying to grow. We're trying to have more conversations with the Archdiocese to grow it. Um, it's, it's funded through the end of this year. We're hoping that the Archdiocese will fund it again for next year. And it's um, what we call hip-hop-based mentorship, which is arguably not much different from other types of mentorship programs. But um, we really, we do it through, we do it specifically through the Beatitudes and through critical analysis of rap lyrics. Yep, there it is, our our um, our rap cube literacy program. And um, again, reach out. And if, if you guys have young people who are in need of, of not just mentorship, but mentorship that is uh, critically woke and socially dope, tell them come holler at us. We at St. Agatha every Monday night, we bust down a, a quality meal and we get into some real rich dialogue. That's... <laughs> That's awesome. I even that yeah, just even the imagery is is attractive, you know, in terms of the colors and stuff like that. That's very attractive. Is that high school-ish? Age? Yeah, as as young as eleven and twelve and as and as old as seventeen, eighteen, you know. Okay. And is that is that a okay. year long program? It's a year long cycle. Or a we're cycle. in recruitment right now. So we're we're still in recruitment and we, we need numbers. So please, um, even if you're not from the West Side, but you can travel, yes, we're in recruitment and uh, admission is free. You just need to come, show up on a Monday night and register. Yeah. At St. Agatha. Yeah. No, that's that's. And definitely- we'll also be launching some uh, Saturday programming too at Blessed Sacrament. Shout out to Chewy. Yeah. The homie Chewy, man, he's he's doing some dynamic stuff too, right around the corner from St. Agatha. So on top of the Monday programming, we're also going to be doing some um, some half day stuff on Saturdays um, as well. So more more intensive. So not just the hip hop based mentorship, but also getting into Catholic spiritual formation and Catholic evangelism leadership, specifically for young people. So anybody twenty five, I, I don't know if Chewy settled on twenty five and younger or eighteen and younger. I think he's at eighteen and younger. But yeah, so we go even deeper because then it's not just program, it's also leadership development and leadership formation. Yeah. It also sounds like- And I'll be starting, if I'm not mistaken, either the last Saturday in August or the first Saturday in September. But yeah, people, give them my email, give them my phone number. If people reach out to you guys, you know, yeah, let them know, hit me up. So uh, I'll ask you to, do you mind giving your email address um, on the radio show? Yeah. Okay, go for it. Absolutely. So you can shoot me an email. So my first name, Cortez, C-O-R-T-E-Z, and that's at thehiphopfirm.com. So Cortez at the, oh, look at the old boy. (laughs) (laughs) Cortez at thehiphopfirm.com. Um, and I'll get that email and then, um, yeah, and we'll, and we'll take it from there. Yeah. And can you tell people, uh, what your, um, 
what the website address is? Because I know we've shown it, but if some of our yeah. listeners only, you know, do this through the radio. For sure. www.thehiphopfirm.com. One more time, please. Of course. www.thehiphopfirm.com. Fantastic. This is there's the method right there, Clarissa. That's that's our when you said, you know, how mm-hmm. that um those aren't just cute words on a screen. I mean, yeah, that's our method. Um, liberatory opportunity for voice and empowerment. Um, the spirit is, is another acronym, and then race dialogue is another acronym. But yeah, that was the method, the, the imagery of the method. And the hope is that engagement in those three things at multiple levels will lead us to hope. And we call that. Oh, there it is. Oh, gosh. See, I am a whole PhD student. People thought I was faking. Yes, I am. Here is my research on display. (laughs) The power. There's the math. Yeah. You know, there's the mathematical equation that, um, and shout out to Father Larry, because he's been the thought partner. You know, he's got a master's degree in physics. So we've been working for the last five years to really intentionally think this through mathematically, just so when someone like Carissa says, yes, how, we can respond and say, okay, here is how. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he's uh, he's the one who introduced me to your work. So uh, we've got about, I don't know, 30-ish seconds left. So I wanted to say thank you so much, um, Cortez. This is, as, as always, an engaging and wonderful, rich dialogue, conversation, an opportunity just to, to kind of hear more and, and share. Thank you. No, um I'm really fortunate to be here. And um, last but not least, shout out to my sensei and my teacher, um, Dr. David Stovall. Anybody listening, if you're confused by me, you won't be confused by him, man. Uh, Check out his work as well. Father Larry loves David Stovall and David Stovall is a national level thought practitioner on these things that we're trying to do within the Archdiocese. Fantastic. Thanks so much for tuning in to Lifelong Journey, folks. Have a good one. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.